Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Matt Liner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USB is five and seven and not going to a ball. Oh. All right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. Here for our car cast after USC and Washington. The Trojans lose at Husky Stadium in Seattle, 28-14. to I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. That was quite the familiar game and no, I'm not talking about 2018. That was the Cotton Bowl of 2017 against Ohio State, replayed against Washington in Seattle. Still a rot trip. Another rot trip in which USC loses. We need to stop taking these out of state, these things. We are jinxing USC. If you've seen one USC road loss, you've seen them all. And uh, I feel like I've seen them all. And another rot trip trip successful, Michael, because it really wouldn't be a rot trip if we weren't sitting here doing a car cast after a loss in which USC was just basically USC. Good. The good news for the Trojans, we're not going to South Bend. We are not going to South Bend. So USC actually has a chance to win that game. This is true, but we are going to Boulder to so, see the Colorado game. So the struggle is real. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, this game is basically the Cotton Bowl Part two, another game in which USC plays very well defensively. USC holds on. Def- uh, We're going to get into that hold later. On, hold on. USC holds on and holds on defensively. Forced field goals when you need them to. Uh, they force a turnover when you really need them to in the fourth quarter. SC's defense. Uh, yeah, they give up an 89-yard run to, to Salvin Ahmed. But like you take this defensive performance any day of the week. Uh, Jacob Eason looked like a world beater 
against everybody except Cal, and he had a passer rating of 119.7 in this game. You take that any day of the week if, if you're USC. If you were told going into this game that you were going to hold Jacob Eason to 119.7 and your name is Clancy Pendergast, you're like, yeah, give me that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You you take that all day uh, and all all week and twice on Sundays. Um, the, the problem is that USC's defense is a defense that is what it is, and they're not good enough to make up for a really crappy USC offense. And that's the thing is you look at like Cal's defense and they can win a game 17-14. USC's defense can't win a game 17-14 or 14-10. USC's defense has to win games 30-28, to 28-25, to something like that. And, you know, we have a whole rot index now. We've, we've thrown out our old rot index. Our new rot index is literally just one thing. Does USC score four offensive touchdowns? And that is partly based on the fact that USC's defense will hold opponents to between 20 and 28 points. They will never hold you less than 20, but they'll generally hold you less than 30. And that's exactly what they did. And they did so under terrible circumstances because USC's offense and special teams put them in awful, awful, awful position over and over and over again in this game. And so huge credit to that defense for standing up and doing what we're used to seeing them do, which is be not very good, but kind of sort of good. Very, very medium performance for me from from USC's defense. But a medium medium performance. This is okay. This is something that I put on Twitter. This is something I put on Twitter about Clay Helton that sort of opened my mind, um, which is that Clay Helton's the same coach who will beat Utah, but then also lose to BYU and who will sort of have some good performances and some bad performances in the same sort of like he's medium. He's not he's not as bad as USC fans think he is. He's not as good as USC players think he is. He's medium. So that's what I view USC's defenses as well. They're not as bad as they look or as bad as the stats show that they are. The, The advanced stats hate them, rightfully so, because the numbers are bad. But they're not as good as it looks as like the results that they get where they're holding teams to like a a defense that's as bad as USC's defense statistically should be giving up 35 points and USC's defense never does. So in that sense, they're good, but they're not actually good and they're not actually bad. They're extremely medium. I, I get that in every sense of everything with the exception of this game. Okay, well, and well we're talking about a road game against a potent offense against Jacob Eason, who has mm-hmm. had in in every game he's won this year mm-hmm. has had a quarterback rating of 190 plus. Right, but he's played Eastern Washington and BYU and Hawaii. Sure, but 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 he's we've he's seen- the typical UW. This is why I picked USC to win this game going into the season, and why I picked you why I stupidly picked USC to yeah, win this but- game going in because I thought this is typical UW. T- typical. UW is they're going to beat up on the on the on the they're go, they're going to be well coached enough to just put away the teams that they really should put away. But once they once you give them a challenge, once you give them a defensive line that's going to test them, uh, their quarterback's going to fall to you know fall to nothingness because he finally gets taken off his spot and made uncomfortable. And you're going to see what happens. That's exactly what USC did. They took J- Jacob Eason off his spot. They made him uncomfortable. He looked very human. But like that's th- th- this is what this is what UW this is what happens to UW every time. So like Jacob Eason Eason isn't some proven quarterback who's won a bunch of games and looked really good doing it. No, he's he's human. 
So, of course, USC did that to him. Like, USC is better than Hawaii and, in theory, better than BYU. For sure. I, I, I get that. But this is a USC team that got gashed by Fresno State at times. This is a USC yes, team that's... Yes, but this that, isn't a mobile, mobile with, quarterback. And th- you take the mobility is, out of it, and USC's not going to get that gashed, except they're going to get gashed in the but, same way that we're used to seeing them get gashed by being unable to stop... We're talking about a USC defense that is without... Arguably their best player this in Talanoa Hufanga. Yes. Without arguably their, well, surely their best corner they're certain, in they're Elijah Certainly Griffin. their most playmaking corner in Elijah the, Griffin. The, two of the most Havoc players, yes. right? Yes. Without those two. Yes. No, I, they, I, they end up starting a true freshman, Max Williams, in his, at, at Nickelback yes. in his first ever performance ever as a in, side his, note, in his life in college. As a side note, I'm going to be really interested to do the rewatch to take note of him in that first quarter. He because had a sack on that first drive. Greg Johnson, uh, we found out later, was held out of the first quarter because he had a violation of team rules. So uh, that's why Max Williams played. But I'd, be, I'd like to go back and, and see how he did because I kind of really liked the way that Max Williams was out there. Uh, reading the game and and getting up in people's faces, so I'll take that. I'll take that. so. Okay, we're we're starting this oh, out by talking about the defense, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. Can I just put a disclaimer on this? USC's defense is the best part of the team. Yeah. By far, unquestionably, one hundred percent. That in and of itself is a problem. But okay, let's sure. set that. Let's set that to the side. Sure. USC's defense is by far the most reliable part of this team. The te- the 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 area of this team that I have the least issue with. And yet we're starting this this car cast out. We're gonna get to the offense, guys. Don't worry. We're not gonna leave the offense. We're not gonna let the offense off the hook. But I would like to point out that this defense is the best part of USC's team, and this defense is at best medium. A defense who averages 24 to 28 points that they give up per game is not an elite defense. USC is getting by by having a medium defense. And you know what? We've had this conversation before where if USC's offense was as good as we think they should be, then it wouldn't be as much of a problem. But if USC's offense was as good as we think they should be, then the defense would be the problem with this team. That they're not is a, is a, a, a reflection of the heart that they play with. Uh, it's a reflection of the the ability that they bring to the table. It's a reflection of them never giving up because there was a point in this game where a lesser team, lesser players with lesser mentalities would have said, "Oh, we're down by t- we're down by 14." When it was and, 28 to 7, that would have been and, the time to just And here's another turnover yeah. by the offense and let's just fall apart. The defense doesn't fall apart to their vast and credit. And you did the offense to their credit too. Mm, okay, yes fine but the defense i think the defensive mentality is generally very good i have no problem with that but the defense is also they fall victim to the same mistakes that we've seen them make every single week for the past four years and it hasn't gotten any better they can't defend the edge they're uh over aggressive at times in the pass rush and miss opportunities to sack the quarterback uh they get burned by big plays and end up giving up 20 to 28 points every single time. They have not gotten a smidge better at any point. Now, you can give them credit for not getting worse having lost those guys, but this defense hasn't gotten any better or any more capable than they've been this entire time, and that is why I want to pinpoint my focus on them because it's not good enough. There's a lot of things that are not good enough with this team, but the defense is one of them. 
I agree with you in a general general sense. Yes. If we're talking about the season as a whole, yes. I'm right there with you. It is absolutely asinine to make this th- those comments after this game. Well, no, I'm making those comments because it's we're asinine. Fi- no, we're making. I'm making those. The comments. only reason they were in this game was because of the defense. Yeah, and the only reason they beat Utah was because of the defense, and yeah. the only reason that they beat Stanford the way they did was because of the defense, and the only reason. Uh. reason- they were down 17 The only three. reason it was a blowout was because of the defense. Yes, because the defense stopped Stanford and because in their Stanford's kind of bad. Well, because the defense stopped them and held them to field goals when they were put in bad situations. But yeah, again, two and a half straight reason, games in which SC has consistently done that. Okay, I ha- I'm not choosing this week to bring this up because I want to spite the defense after this performance. I'm choosing this week because it's week five. It's week five. They have not fixed the edge problem, which I've asked them every week. What are you going to do about the edge? Oh, we'll just work on it in practice. Okay. Have you done it? No. I ask them every week. Uh, what about what's going to, you know, how are you going to bring down this quarterback? Every week it's like, oh, we just work on our tackling and all that. And every week it's the same problem. Like, I'm, it's not that it's this game. It's that we're five weeks into the season and the same exact problems from week one are still active in week five. And you know what? To their credit, the same heart and the same get the results that you need to get are, are, are continuing through and they, they've, they've made it work. But the fact of the matter is that they're not that good. Like, they were sufficient in this game. They're they, not that good, but but they easily... Like, they were sufficient at they, best. They gave up three touchdowns. They're medium. Three touchdowns. Those 28 three, points. They gave, three touchdowns. they gave up 28 points. One of those is on a short field after an interception. Yes. One of them is on a short field after the special teams, a.k.a. Ben Griffiths, uh, basically loses field position for USC. Um, it's a punt by Washington and then a punt by Ben Griffiths. Both of them went in Washington's favor. Uh, and the third one was the 89 yard touchdown. run. Yes. So of those three, like which one makes you the most mad? Because the 89 yard touchdown run, first of all, is not 89 yards. If Matt Fink doesn't throw an interception two plays before it's an 89 yard touchdown maybe it's 79 yards uh, but it's not right okay put that put that play anywhere on the field and it results in the touchdown it doesn't matter how many yards it was it was a touchdown you don't get to wipe that away because matt fink threw an interception like no it's it's just you still gave up it's one thing if you give up a touchdown and it's a fluke play that doesn't happen that often you let it slide that is not a fluke because it happens every week, every quarter. I I, I get you. I'm not saying that it is a fluke. All I'm well, saying no, no, it was, is it, we, we, I, I think it's problem. a little ridiculous no, to we sit let here the, after this game. We let the defense and, off. And, and complain about the defense for the first 15 minutes of this podcast. Well, you brought up the defense first. Trust me, I have plenty to complain about with this offense because this offense is trash and they're a disgrace. And they let their... I, I don't know how to phrase it to the players. In uh, after 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 the games, when we get to interview them, I don't know how to phrase it to get the answer that I know they're feeling inside. But you ask them all the time, how demoralizing is it as you, for you as a defender to have your offense play like that? And you ne- the defense never throws the offense under the bus. But, you know, you know, everyone in that locker room knows that the offense has thrown the defense under the bus again. And this was something that I listened to to Chris Steele uh, talk about 
where he was like, you know, in the in the in the locker room after like we on defense, like we knew that we had played well and that, you know, it's just, you know, some some little things that that didn't go what d- didn't go our way or whatever. And like you can read between the lines like the defense knows they did enough to win that game. They got screwed by their teammates. But that's what this offense does. Their offense, the, the offense screws up. The one time the offense didn't screw over the defense, the one time the offense paid off the defense for their for their troubles was Stanford, and you saw what that game became. All I'm saying is, the arguably, two of the best offenses that USC will play the entire season were the two that they played in the last eight days. Uh, and they held them to 23 and to 28 points. I flat out disagree, but okay. Who's better? Notre Dame. You think Notre Dame has a better offense than Washington? I think, I think that Notre Dame has the potential to do 2017 all over again against I, this defense. I, I think that's a little, uh, it's a little alma mater, Elisa speaking. Oregon has the opportunity the to opportunity, go off on this sure. defense. Sure. I think ASU has the opportunity to ASU? go off, off this you think have, ASU's offense? Have you offense? seen Jane Daniels? What kind of quarterback does USC struggle with, Michael? Yeah, have you seen how many points ASU has scored? Yeah, in the game? that's my point. It's not many. It's not many. Yeah. That's my ASU point. ASU could average thirteen points a game, and USC would make sure that they scored twenty-four because that's what USC's defense does. But twenty-four is not forty-four. Okay, and yeah, USC right. has no, the horses is, to okay, score fine, more but, than twenty-four. But we're having we're having a discussion that is that is in the, in the margins, right? Because we both agree that the defense is not the problem on this team. But the fact that the defense is not a problem that, that, that the defense is the least problem on this team, and that we then sure sugarcoat the way that they perform as though it's acceptable that they give up 28 points. I think 28 points against this Washington Washington team I is absolutely think acceptable. this Washington offense is all that good. We will see. We will see as I'm the just, season goes I'm on. just saying, like... You wanna... and, and again, it's 28 points with two of those being on short fields. Right. Right. But, the, uh, okay. This goes, I, I, I think it's... This goes back to, again... Oh. <laughs> Can we just talk about the offense? Okay, well, let, I'm going to say one more point, and then we can move on to the offense. Who really deserves to be slated here? And this is where we're going to we're going to totally agree on everything that deserves to be slated on the offense. But I, mean, I don't know if we're going to totally just dis- to- totally agree. But the defense is by far more talented than Washington's offense by far, man by to far? man, okay. man to man. Okay. Washington's I mean, offense SC's is not really full I'm of five-star studs. USC's USC's defense is actually full of five-star studs. Okay. And they were without Talano Hafanga, and they replaced him with a top 150 recruit in Chase Williams. And they were without Elijah Griffin, and they play, replaced him with a top 150 recruit yes. in Chris Steele and or Isaac Taylor yes. Stewart. I, I so, like, you. you can't tell me that this isn't a talented USC defense, and you can't yes. tell me that this USC defense shouldn't be capable of Again, being I agree with you in general, defense. but you, this is not the time to, to have no, this discussion. No, we, this is just the time that we're choosing to have this argument. Can we now turn our eyes towards the bull crap that is USC's offense yes, and the ridiculousness can, but, that is USC's offensive line? Yes, but let's take a quick break first, and then we'll come back and we'll discuss that. Because the offense... Boy, oh boy. Still off to talk about the offense. We'll be right back. And we're back. Let's talk about this USC offense. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? All right, Alicia, so, so we talked about how the defense allowed two short field touchdowns for Washington. 
both in the first quarter. 35 and 38 yards were the were the scoring drives for the Huskies to take a 14-point lead. Alicia, what was the difference in the game? How many points? 14 points. Oh, 14. So you, you mean that if the, the 14 points Washington scored on the short fields was the difference in the game. Now, then let's look at USC's performance in the Washington side of things. Hmm. Let's count them. One, two, three, four times. Four. Count them. Four times. SC had the ball on a drive that either started or ended. We have to say this because the fumble recovery... SC got in Washington territory, and then they never actually ran a play in Washington territory. But four times, four drives started or ended in Washington on the Washington side of the 50. And USC escaped with zero points. Two of those, they had a first and goal and got zero points. So you're saying that Washington's defense held USC to zero points on four drives in which they were given oh, a short God. field? But let's do, put do, that let's put that to the side. No. USC's, USC's offense hangs their defense out to dry constantly. And it and it here's the big debate, right? Here's the big thing. The big discussion on Twitter right now is, is this because USC had a third string quarterback in the game? Yes, I know at the call same time. BS. BS B-U-L-L-S-H-I-T, all caps, exclamation points. Stop it. Stop it. Two weeks ago, we watched Keaton Slovis throw three interceptions in a very similar performance. The Two weeks before that, we saw JT Daniels make the same bad read at the goal line in order to throw the interception that Matt Fink On throws. the same RPO, yeah. Yes. So it's not like this is something that is unusual to USC's offense. It's not like this is a, oh, Matt Fink's just so bad that this offense is failing. No, no. Matt Fink is what USC quarterbacks are and like you like you said it doesn't matter you know in 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 past in past context it doesn't matter who the quarterback is cuz this offense is going to be what this offense is yeah it doesn't matter who the quarterback is because this offense is going to be who this offense is people acting like JT Daniels playing in this game automatically means that there's no chance that they have three interceptions in this game so we're just forgetting all about 2018. We're just for you know letting him off the hook for the way that he performed in those games. Uh, people acting like Keaton Slovis would have would have made a difference in this game. We're just forgetting the BYU game. Like Matt Fink, the 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 mistakes he makes in this game are absolutely unacceptable. But they are literally the mistakes that USC's quarterbacks have made for the last. Even going back to Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold made these same mistakes. The difference is that Sam Darnold came with the big plays, but like. Sam Darnold couldn't overcome the the bullcrap of an offensive line that's that's not consistent enough in, in the Hence Cotton the Bowl. Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, like, it, for me, it all comes down to the 10 guys who are surrounding the quarterback. And, and Matt Fink makes his mistakes as an individual, absolutely. Um, but the rest of USC's offense also makes their mistakes as individuals. And the whole thing sinks. And for me, it starts and ends with the offensive line particularly when you look at USC's rushing attack because and I've said going back to the going back to the offseason that USC has really great running backs very few schools in the country can claim to have the capable three that USC has in Vivai uh, Malapai Stephen Carr and Marquis Step those are all those those three running backs can get the job done and you see that when they're given blocking because Stephen Carr breaks off a couple big long runs in this game because he's given, it's not because he's dancing around and, uh, you know, evading tackles or anything like that. He's given room to run. 
Vivai, same thing. When he's given room to run, he's picking up yards. Stephen Carr, I mean, uh, Marquis Step, when he's given room to run, he's picking up yards. But then USC's offensive line turns around and gets stuffed continually. Tackles for loss, one-yard gain, two-yard gains, nothing there, nothing doing. And that's the that's the big problem here because you can you can live with your third string quarterback Matt Fink making bad mistakes and 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 basically take the game out of his hands when UW is sitting there with eight men back behind the ball begging you to run and if USC just said all right we'll do that we'll run and then ran consistently you would be fine you wouldn't have to depend on Matt Fink flinging balls downfield and, and doing all that kind of stuff. But USC can't depend on their running game because it is so feast or famine. And it is based on nothing except that flip a coin. Will the offensive line do their job in this this particular moment or will they not? It's it's the most frustrating thing in the in, in the world. And basically, it all comes down to that. Like, to, to me, that is what it all comes down to is an inconsistent offensive line because we see how good they can be when they block well. But I couldn't tell you what, you know, which way the wind is going to blow on any given play because it doesn't seem to be based in anything. It's all five of them making a mistake, one after another, after another, after another. So it's 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 completely unpredictable. So the way I look at it is, if JT Daniels or Keaton Slovis play in this game, I think SC covers. Sure. I don't I don't know that SC wins. And I, and I think that that's why you can't just play the third string quarterback card, is because you can't definitively say that SC wins. Let's say USC probably scores three offensive touchdowns. Yeah, I think they SC do their twenty one points. Yeah, I think SC scores on one of the one of those drives. I I don't think it's unreasonable to say that, that at least one of those was strictly because of Matt Fink. Pick one, pick whatever one you want to pick. I think the floater is one the one the most egregious. The, like, the first one. Yeah, I think the first one because the one the, 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 the first two, one was a bad throw. The, yes, that's that's my point. W- w- which is an indictment on Matt Fink himself. Well, because Matt Fink tried to make a throw. The second one is a bad couldn't. read. The third one just happens when you're in, in desperation. Right, but the the first one is a throw that Matt Fink can't make. Where yes. JT Daniels right. and Keaton Slovis they can make can that attempt throw? that throw and make that throw. Right. Matt Fink tries they might a, not, but they could. They, but they have the ability to right. if they want to. So the most egregious like Matt Fink interception is that one because it's just a, a product of his his arm, his limited arm, which you know is is the reality. You have to work around right. it, but that's the fear of the Yolo raid. For sure, I I, I get that, and, and so I I think that I can comfortably say that. Daniels or Slovis bring this within a touchdown. I, I I don't know that you can definitively say that they win it, and, and that's really an indictment on the offensive line. It's an indictment on the running game. Yes, SC runs for 212 yards on 33 carries. Two of those carries netted 95 yards, with Stephen Carr going for 60, Marquis Stepp going for 35. Take those out, SC averaged 3.77 yards per carry on 31 attempts. That ain't cutting it. I, I know you can't do that, but that ain't cutting it. You need to be more consistent. I want to be able to take out the best run and look at a team average four and a half, five yards and be like, yeah, that's what you would take on every other down and feel more comfortable about it. But SC was averaging 3.77. Not good enough. And Washington can do the same thing because SC shut them down for the most part in the running game with the exception of that 89-yard run. From Ahmed. I'm, I'm going to correct you real quick here. 
because go. your uh, accounting of the running back yardage is also accounting for Matt Fink. So it's 4.3 sure. yards per carry, which is not particularly great for a team to average. But that's not how, yeah, but that's not how we lo- usually look at yards per carry. But that's the yards per carry for the for the for, running backs for, without for just the, the running backs. But, but without when the look ninety-four the, yard yes, game, yes, I, I I I get I get that. But the offensive line ha- played into the Matt Fink yards, and those Matt Fink yards included designed runs. So I I'm not going to sit here and say that we should omit those things. I think they still matter. Um, I, I I look at it. This offense had the game in front of them. Uh, the SC loses twenty-eight to fourteen, and I said at one point in this in the the second half, the early second half, I said, I I put on Twitter if, if there was ever a game for USC to just delete the film, erase it, throw it away, never look at it, it was this game, because I felt like SC wasn't able to get consistent push up fronts, they weren't able to do anything in the passing game because Washington dropped into his zone, they took away Michael Pittman as they should have, yeah. And even though they did that, SC still wasn't able to get Amon Ra or or Tyler Bonds involved. And Matt Fink kept zoning in on Drake London for some reason. What is it? Okay, so is know. Drake London like the bad luck charm? Like, I don't want to put, it, put this on him, but somebody tweeted me like, bad things happen when USC targets Drake London. And that's actually factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know that it's Drake London's fault. I think, it's just I a think, coincidence. I think Fink was trying to hit Drake London on the uh, the first interception. The first pick, yeah. And, and then the, the last one. The last one. one. And then yeah. the... Uh, the uh, Slovis and the fourth down. In overtime. The, the, yeah, the Slovis in overtime, the fourth down. The fourth down fade play. attempt to yeah, Drake London. That was the Drake London. Yeah, yeah like, I, I feel bad for Drake London, but... <laughs> But but doesn't it make sense that if a defense is going to take away your 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 first three options, force you into the fourth option? Yeah, then the defense is winning that play anyways. But the the way I look at it is, I thought for a long stretch in this game that that the offense was just not doing enough, and that this was the game in which you could just shred the film because there was nothing to take out of it. And they went down twenty eight to seven, and I'm like, oh, Washington could easily. This is the time to give up. This is the time when I, if I was a player, I'd give up. Yeah. SC goes, that 14 point swing, right? SC's down 20 to 7. Matt Fink throws an interception at the goal line, looking for Michael Pittman. He doesn't see a defender there. Same interception JT Daniels throws. Just a bad read. That's the time to give up. I, lesser men have given when, up. When you give up the 98 yard touchdown yeah, immediately the, after. The 89, 89 Eight, yeah. yeah. Sorry, 89 yard touchdown. That's the time to give up. That's the time to tap out. Oh. Yeah. That's the time the rage quit, right? Yeah. They didn't do that. And the entire fourth quarter was nothing but SC getting close, but not doing anything. It was a gigantic teaser rally in which they had nothing to show for it. They'd get down to the goal line and nothing. They'd force a a turnover and go backwards. They'd... um, They came down on the very last time and throws the interception at the goal line again. And... All of those things to me took away the idea of just burn the film because at that point it showed this offense was in it. This offense, as frustrating as they were, as not as good as they could have been, surely, they still had a chance in this game which tells you everything you need to know. Like, SC should have still won this game despite 
all of the BS, which again goes to why I can't sit here and complain about the defense. Well, but I'm not, okay, uh, again, I'm complaining about everything. I'm complaining about the defense, special teams, and offense, because you can sit here and say, and and parrot back essentially what Clay Helton says and what players not, after the I'm game. I'm not trying you, to. But you're essentially doing it, because what you're saying is they played well, but they didn't make the plays that require, that were required for the, they made one less play than Washington, ex- or so many less plays. that's not an excuse they for made, it at all. But that's what... Like, to me, that's what makes it worse. That's what makes it right, worse. Right, but this is, exactly, what makes it this is exactly and what we hear from... I think if you're from, a player, no. you can come out with the idea of that's what makes it better, that's partial credit. I'm not looking at it as that's partial credit. To me... I would have rather the team gave up and lost in a blowout because by getting this close, it shows you that they can't make those plays when it matters. If they would have just lost in a blowout, then you could go back and say, well, that interception that changed the game and who knows what could have happened, blah, blah, blah. You can't say that about this game because there's a million moments where you can be like, well... That interception, and then this oh, is the why Clay Helton is a medium coach. This is why sure. Clay Helton still has his job because his team doesn't quit on him ever. Like they legitimately do not quit on him when they have every reason to. So that's one thing that's in his that's in his favor. But when you get down to it, this this offense, I mean, this whole team is who we thought they were. Like if we've let them off the hook every single week for the last however like four years. Have we let them off the well, hook? More or less, we've let them off the hook because see, we've had these conversations where it's like, well, but they but but they had that drive and they look like they can move it, and you see how close they come. But the 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 close but no cigar thing is what this team's identity is. It's not enough for me, which is what you makes can, it worse. Well, but that's why it's not it, what makes it better. This, no, I'm not saying it makes it better for sure. I'm saying it makes it frustrating because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being able to look at things reasonably and say, well, you know, if I'm going to look at this reasonably, then I'm going to give them credit for having those drives. And they came so close. They were just, you know, one or two plays away from actually turning this game around. And all of those kinds of reasonable things that I can make, I'm tired of the reasonability. I'm tired of being of 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 my reasonability getting thrown in my face by this team doing it over and over and over and over Which is and why over I don't again. understand you getting so riled up about this game. Because I'm pissed off that they do this to me over and over and over again. But, but you can't sit here and say that they are what you what you think they are yeah. and then get upset every week. Like, I don't understand Because the point. it sucks that they are who... No, because it sucks because they're the team that's going to be just enough that they string you along to think that there's a chance that next week they'll do something different. No. But but this is why I sit here and I said that this team will do that by beating Utah and then they will lose the next week by double digits to Washington. They did. Yeah. If we sit here and say that they, we know that they're going to do this. No, but knowing then, that it's going to happen shouldn't make me like just because I know it's going to happen doesn't mean that I'm going to sit here and be like, I know USC is going to get their pants beat off them by Notre Dame. That doesn't mean I'm going to sit there and go like. This is fine. Like, I'm sorry. I can't be there's the dog a, sitting in the a, room on fire. Like, when I see fire, I sit there going like, oh, my God, there's fire. I need to do something about it. Like, but, it's but just, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you want. I want I want this to be over. I want this nightmare to be over. I want this purgatory to be gone. I want USC to be either be so good that they're actually good and winning games or be so bad that we can just put this all to bed. This middle ground where they're medium is like okay, so I'm I'm rewatching the good place right now, 
which is where the medium references are coming from. But it, the medium place in The Good Place is that one of the things, uh, for those who don't know, there's there's uh, somewhere between The Good Place and The Bad Place where this one lady got stuck because they couldn't decide where to put her. And so they had The Good Place design things that would make her happy and then the bad place basically ruined them for her. So like, for instance, in the medium place, you get your favorite beer all the time, but it's always room temperature. I am tired of room temperature beer, Michael. That is what this team is. This team is room temperature beer. That's really good in like Ireland. Uh, not, not what I want to drink. It, it it doesn't make up for the fact that like sure okay I got my own I got I got the beer that I like but it's crappy the crappiest version of the beer that I like like Unfl- you you got some some flat soda yeah flat soda flat soda like we're living with flat soda and you know what I'm unhappy about that I'm sorry I am not pleased that I have to live with this mediumness over and over and over again. I'd but rather you knew it... you were getting the flat soda. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. I'm not saying you need to be happy about it. Well, it's but just what like... do you want from me then? Like <laughs> I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want either. And this is also frustrating because like for instance, so after the game, uh we're doing we're doing interviews and I happen to be arguing with people on Twitter because somebody on Twitter has made another comment about how the media lets Sheldon off the hook by not asking tough questions. And so I of course get hook line and sinker pulled into this bullcrap where I'm like, guys Again, the- this is the Mexican restaurant hot plate situation. Yes, yes. I and I grab the damn hot plate every single week, Michael. So I'm engaging these these just annoyances by talking about how like the meat the question that the media asks doesn't make a coach better or or worse like the coaches don't base their coaching based on whether or not they're getting asked tough questions in the meet in the press conference and either way when you ask a tough question uh the answer you get is coach speak so it's not going to get anything back anyway so i'm having this argument with people and then of course we go into the press conference and clay helton is given the coach speak of the i'm so proud of my players and we prepared super well and we fought super well we just didn't make the plays that we needed to make and all this bull crap that's the same thing that we heard two weeks ago and the same thing that we heard all last year and i'm tired of it and you can tell that the whole media room is tired of it because they they do the they do the uh the question and answers kind of stuff and then they get to the point where the the sid is always like okay so one more and no one had another question you want to know why no one else had another question in that media room because no one no one thinks it's worth asking any of the other questions because we've heard the answer over and over and over again and it's pointless because clay helton is not going to give you an answer that satisfies so deal dealing with all that Get outside to listen to the uh, d- to to interview the players as they're coming going out to the bus, and jump into Chris Steele's scrum. And Chris Steele says, "Oh, you know, I think we played well. We just didn't do this, that, the other thing. Like we had a couple breakdowns, whatever." And it's like, okay, oh, okay, I guess, I guess I, Chris Steele, you get to say that the defense sort of played well because I guess they did, even though they gave up twenty eight points and whatever. Sort of played well. Okay, all right. Did we just talk, not talk about how UW stopped USC from scoring I, in the fourth quarter despite USC yeah. having short fields mm-hmm. and getting down to the goal line? So, like, okay. it can be done. It can be done, Michael. Uh, Washington didn't have a third-string quarterback, but okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I'm listening to him say that, and I'm just and and it tickles. It I mean, it just sort of like Washington, pumps- the number one quarterback in the country as a recruit, and Matt Fink was a three-star, but okay. Again, side note as, as asides. It prickles a little bit just because I've heard it so many weeks in a row now. Oh, I think we played well, but uh, that that it was like this little thing. And then I jump in Almond Ross and Brown's scrum and I hear Almond Ross and Brown say, I think we played pretty well. 
we just didn't, you know, finish drives or whatever. And it's like, and then it just went off. Like, like, come on, guys. Come on. You just lost. I don't care if you just lost to the number one team in the country. I don't care if you just lost and it was the flukiest thing. Like, you shouldn't be sitting there going like, oh, because I've heard you say it a thousand different but you times. know they're going to say this. But this is, again, I know it's coming, but that's what makes me so angry because it, I know it's coming and it happens. And then you're just and as I don't know, as the people on Twitter you don't know. I don't know what I want to hear from them. I genuinely don't know what I want to hear from the, but, but from the players. But it's certainly not... I think we played well. After you lost by two touchdowns. You lost by two touchdowns. Your two offense, touchdowns that were on a platter for them to score. Your offense scored 14 points. Your defense gave up 28 points. And your players are out there shrugging their shoulders saying, I think we played well. Like, have some freaking, like... Self-awareness, guys. Have some self-awareness. Your coach is on the hot seat. People want him fired. People are assuming, having open conversations about him being fired. There is urban, we want urban chance going off at Husky Stadium. This is after chance happened before the Utah game at the Coliseum. People are openly talking about how your coach is a sitting duck. You have the 65th ranked recruiting class in the country as a result. And you are sitting there saying, meh, whatever. We'll just we'll 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 get them in the Pac-12 title game. Like, come on, come on! Uh, you ha- you can't be so delusional that you think that that loss was okay. You can't be so blind that you think, oh, we just need to fix the little mistakes. We need to be detail oriented. Like, dudes, you said you needed to be detail oriented all last year, and it didn't make a difference. You said you needed to be detail oriented two weeks ago, and it didn't make a difference. Like, you beat Utah, but what did we talk about after the Utah game? By the way, the Utah game was the inverse of this. There was nothing different about the Utah game from the BYU game. It was the same performance, just one or two little moments. So you got the one or two little moments. But are you going to sustain the one or two little moments? You obviously went the wrong way against UW. And you lost the game. So, like, again, if you're if you're flying on this prayer that it's like one or you know, a handful of moments in each game that you're winning or losing by, maybe, guys, maybe that's the problem. That you're living on a handful of moments in every single game. Maybe you should rig the system once in a while so that it doesn't come down to a handful of little moments that you... Oh, that, so you think they're not trying now? I like, mean, play well enough, maybe? I, like... Yeah, you. I don't know. You, I don't know that we can sit here and say that the, the credit to this team is that they don't give up. Yes, and that they have hearts. Yes. And no, then, then I'm not. I'm not trying like, to. Call, I'm not trying to call out the players when I talk like this. I think the players are a product. Attitude reflects leadership, Michael. Okay. So, yes. what do we know from this? I've watched Remember the Titans. Yes. So, what do we know from this? Clay Helton is spouting the same bullcrap to the team in the locker room as he sure. does to the media because again, we literally hear it parroted here. back. You're yeah. touching the hot yeah. plate. No, but, okay, again, they're not preparing well. They're not fixing the same mistakes that were there the week before. We knew this okay. already. Yes, but that... We're, how many years into it, Michael? How many years into it? And we're still sitting here thinking, like, there's a possibility that Clay Helton doesn't lose his job this year. Like, and I know this this loss makes it more likely, so it should be happy because then we can just move the the hell on. But like, it's just so dang. They like, were ten point underdogs. They yeah. were never going to win this game. They were ten. What the fact that they were ten point underdogs does not does not 
let them off the hook I'm from not, being that you shouldn't be a 10 point underdog. I, you should not I be a 10 agree. point. You should never I, be yes, a 10 point I underdog. Know, the fact that you're a 10 point underdog speaks to you, speaks to where you're at as a program, speaks to the idea that no one takes you seriously, certainly not on the road. So when you do this over and over and over again, like, what do you want us to say? Like, oh, we were 10 point underdogs, so it's okay that we lost by 14. Like, no, no. No, cover cover a goddamn spread at one for once for once in your life. Like, go on the road and put in a good performance. Cause you're gonna say that was a good performance. Michael, that was not a good performance. Are you done? No. No, I'm not done. It was not a good performance on special teams. I'm not it was not a good performance was. on offense. And yes, was. yes, it was not a good performance on defense. The only reason that looked like a good performance on defense, because by comparison, the defense is better than the offense. By comparison. That's the only reason it looks okay. Does does Washington's offense have better athletes than USC's offense? Because Washington's defense was sure able to hold USC to 14 points. Still going? I'm still going. Okay. Washington's defense was able to, to secure three three interceptions. Win the turnover battle. I might be done now. You can follow us on Twitter at Rain of Troy. Email address Rain of Troy at Phone number 213 373 1 USC. Suck it, what's brewing show. You good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Drink some more of that cider. Yeah. Yeah. We had good pizza. Very good pizza. Great pizza. Excellent pizza. I was yeah. very pleased with the pizza. All right. Favorite thing about Seattle so far? Um, uh, I know you asked me what my favorite thing about Seattle is so far, but can I talk about my least favorite thing about no, Seattle? No, no, no. I asked you what your favorite thing about Seattle for, uh, so far is. Okay. Um, my favorite thing about Seattle was, I mean, whale watching was cool. Whale watching was cool. Was that cool. Seattle though? I mean, it the was Pacific the C- our Seattle trip. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, we were basically in Canada, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, the the whale watching trip was fun. Right. I quite enjoyed that. Best meal you've had in Seattle so far? Oh. Oh, definitely uh, part of the whale watching trip. We went to, what was it? The, the cask and schooner the cask and in schooner. Uh, Friday Harbor, Washington. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, clam chowder was quite good. Yeah. We got poutine, which was excellent. Yeah. It would and just reaffirm that gravy's gross to me, but yes. I think it's so weird you don't like gravy. Like gravy is good. one of the God's gift to me. Not mankind. a fan of meat juice. Love meat juice. Um and then uh, fish and chips, which were quite good. Fish and chips were great. Yeah. Yeah. Even and sticky you, toffee pudding. That was great, too. Yeah. Even though you've committed one of the most heinous crimes I've ever seen. Which was? A full plate of fries. And the waitress comes and is like, can I take this away? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, because I was done and we had ordered sticky toffee pudding and it I was, was really f- exciting about that. It, it was it was insane. Were you going to eat those french fries? I might have stolen a few. Well, you should always know that any french fries on my plate are always open. Like, well, I never I, finish I, my next french Next time I will remember. You know why? Because I see what happens and I change my expectations. <laughs> change your expectations. <laughs> can, hold on. Can I just, can I rant? Seattle 
No, no, you, you, your streets you're, you're are the range. worst. You're out of range. St- the only thing worse than USC's offense, defense, and special teams is Seattle's streets. This this city was planned by You're a not even blind three year old. I'm the one driving. Yeah, but I'm watching you drive, and it gives me anxiety. A blind three year old drew your grid, Seattle. Are, are you done? Be now? better. Are you done now? Can we just play some foosball already? Let's do it. All right. See ya. See ya. See ya.